Hello, everyone, watching and listening. Good afternoon from Sri Vrindavan, and welcome back to the Free Radical Podcast, episode number 16. This is your host, Swami Padmanava, here today in the company of a dear brother and friend and uh, podcast, Bhartma Pradarshaka Guru, <laughs> Namrasa <laughs> Prabhu. Namrasa, thank you so much for joining. Welcome. Thank you, Maharaj. Appreciate it. <laughs> So what to say about Namrasa? I have a few words regarding his bio. Namrasa was born in New York and lives in New Jersey with his wife and three children. He's the host of the late morning program podcast with Namrasa, the number one Hare Krishna podcast in the world. So since he's the number one Hare Krishna podcast in the world, he's so famous, there's no need to any further bio nor introduction to him. But anyhow, for those who still are awkward enough as to not know who Namrasa Prabhu is, I will share some little contact for those who like to know about more about his service and his own podcast. So you can, for those who are only listening, you can go to Instagram and it's Namrasa or Nama Rasa with A at the end, Namrasa Podcast. So that's in, in Instagram. So... <clears throat> How did I get to know Namrasa? Generally, I share a few words. That's a whole separate episode. But <laughs> I think we met with Namrasa first time in New Jersey a few years ago, probably four years ago or five, I don't know, something like that. You may recall better than me. Uh, through, a, I think, a common friend, the one who made the main link was Dina Bando. Yes. So it's a, a close friend from both of us. Very dear person. And very, very quickly, I, I will say we connected with Namrasa, very quickly we became friends. Although I remember historically in our third podcast, he will ask me, I don't know if I'm your friend because I heard that sannyasis cannot have friends. So that was an interesting <laughs> introduction to the relationship. So I told him, well, if that's the rule, then I leave my sannyas for the sake of my friends, so to say. No? But no, I didn't have to leave my sannyas. I continue with my vows and I continue with my vow having friends, friends like Nam Rasa. So, so yeah, uh, we very quickly became friends. He very generously invited me to his, basically his house every year when I'm going in the area visiting New Jersey. And he also invited me to his own podcast three times already, too generous of him. So here I am to reciprocate as he was telling him still his, I'm three versus one defeated in the match, but I have to begin somewhere. And also Nam Rasa, I recall, was was one of those who encouraged me to uh, start my own podcast eventually, which in this case will be the number two Hare Krishna podcast in the world, just in case. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel it's a nice way to also close the season one of the Free Radical podcast today by having here uh, with us today. So Namrasa, this Free Radical podcast, as you may know, considerably revolves around the notion and the contents of my recent book on radical personalism. Uh, and I always like to ask our guests uh, in every episode, what's a few words of what radical personalism means to you? If you, if you, sure. you could share a few yeah. thoughts about that. First of all, Maharaj, uh, you're one of my favorite people. I just wanted to tell you that. Um, <laughs> I, I really appreciate uh, coming on here and talking to you on your podcast. Um, radical personalism to me is a kind of rethinking or realigning, recalibrating of what we think of uh, personalism uh, in, in my life, uh, you know, today. And I think that it's 
um, it's it's like a, a shaking up of of our thoughts when it comes to personalism, uh, theology, uh, religion, things like that, um, and and kind of you know basically um, yeah I think that's I, th I think that's what I would say in a nutshell just like a rethinking of what mm -hmm. it means what all these different things mean just like in your in your book you talk about you know radical fraternity radical inreach radical this radical that and and just a rethinking of 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 things that we know already in our lives but hmm. to uh, look at it in a more radical way but not just radical sometimes has baggage with it that that word <laughs> yeah. like like you even said right but yeah, yeah, yeah. but maybe a rethinking of it hmm. i think as an as an alternative word yeah i don't know if i hear properly the word you mentioned at one point if you say reshaping or maybe you say reshaking but i liked if, if it was reshaping i'm happy that i hear reshaking because i like it, the it was reshaking it was okay reshaking. then 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 yeah then you say shape and it's also in hand. It's it's a reshaping, but for reshaping we need some reshaking sometimes. So definitely, I appreciated definitely. the the dynamics of some movement, so to say. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, thank you, thank you so much. Do you have any favorite? Because you have gone through the book, big part of that at least you told me. So, any any favorite sections that you have besides the radicals? Some of the other chapters. Um, let's see. I mean. It, I know I showed you my my iPad with, yeah. with all the highlights. Oh I mean, there's like for for those for, watching, yeah, like, yeah. This is what, what, this is like my highlighting of just yeah. One during page. my last my last visit to New Jersey, I sat on the table with Naras and he started. Okay, Maras, I'll show you the highlighted sections of my reading. I was like, <laughs> okay, this is a live, complete reading of the whole book. He highlighted basically every section. I still have hundred pages left. I'll admit that, but uh, it's it's. I mean, whatever I have. Uh, written i mean read i i really appreciate and i and i've been you know telling my friends about it and whoever i meet that you should look look at this book but as far as um other you know the ones the the one when regarding digital um i can't remember um, what it was but you know that maraj that's always a favorite of mine to, yeah, to discuss yeah. like the digital age the social media culture the i mean i'm you know what we're going to discuss in radical fraternity also has to do like in the beginning when you mentioned the dynamics of the online community that's mm -hmm. that's also very interesting to me because something i struggle with and something i always am you see that I am off Facebook for a while and I'm back on it. I'm off of it. That's like, that's like an <laughs> indication of some type of struggle. Going on. I'll just be, I'll just be vulnerable here, you know, and, yes, and, and say yes. that. Yeah, yeah. So you are not alone in, in that struggle. No problem. Yeah. At least you are struggling because many times, many of us just surrender to, to that flow. So to say, and there's no struggle whatsoever. So yeah, at least yeah, we're you. struggling. That, that's, that's a, <laughs> That's worthy of appreciation. So. <laughs> okay, so in connection to that, as you mentioned, the, the title of, of today's episode is The Heart of Community Life. Um, and somehow I will say we chose this title. We were thinking about some of different radicals and eventually we, we connected with Radical Fraternity, which is in connection to this title. And I will say because both Namras and I are quite uh, passionate about community in all its different forms, as he was just now mentioning, even from the in connection to the digital uh, 
approach or layer or aspect of community experience, community dynamics, relationships, the importance of developing relationships in the context of bhakti, uh, the importance of taking importance of taking care of the of the heart of the individual above above other considerations. As I mentioned in my book, which is very crucial aspect of personalism, so we don't end up being impersonalists in the name of protecting something bigger, neglecting the actual bigger thing, so to say. So we will read today, I will read a few seconds, the section, the corresponding section to today's episode, which is again, Radical Fraternity. This is in page 96, for those who have the printed ed edition of the book. And it says like this, in terms of communal living and experience, Gaudiya Vaishnavism is invited to broaden its horizons to alternative expressions of togetherness, where involvement with community life may take new unexpected shapes and dynamics. We call this radical fraternity. So basically the above section inspired the title for today's episodes, the heart of community life. So Rasa, do the kickstart, whatever you want to go. Uh, um, what what kind of um, you know stood out to me was the <laughs> alternate expressions of togetherness. Like, what does togetherness <clears throat> mean in that context? Um, does it mean within our own community uh, to kind of make alternative expressions, or does it mean even to to like when I was speaking to my wife about it, was she saying, does it mean even going even farther out, not even in our community, so to say, but in other religious communities, like to, to like what you've been doing kind of margin in your way of uh, mm. seeing the similarities or mm. commonalities we have with other traditions. Um, mm. So that's like something that stood out to me when I read that, that first part. Um, mm. <clears throat> When your expressions comes, of, yeah. Mm -hmm. Your expressions of togetherness. Yeah, totally. I I totally agree. For me, at least personally, I'm talking for myself, but this idea of togetherness has to do with finding kindred spirits, whatever they they happen to appear, so to say, no, and, and find it like people that we resonate with, like we feel okay, we are in the same page and the same channel in sync with a particular way of approaching spirituality. And sometimes that surprisingly enough happens in, even in other traditions. You know? And I, in my personal case, it's not that I try to, how to say, okay, I force myself to be open. So I will contact people from other traditions. So I force myself to be open and I force others to see myself as open or whatever, mm. but actually it's not happening. No, no, it happened. It was not in my plan. So to say, although I always, somehow was open to be inspired by other traditions, but recently some interesting wave, so to say, of inspiration came from specific people and organically that happened. Okay, let's contact them. Let's invite them. Again, it was not something that when I started the podcast, I thought, okay, I have to have people from other traditions. It just happened. And, and for me, yeah, those the conversations we had, which was basically the whole previous month, were were incredible. And I thought, okay, well, these are like other new friends and brothers. And they themselves sometimes will say, oh, I find, I, I feel like I found a, an old brother here. They were telling to me. And I was feeling like similar. I was like, interesting. Interesting because in regarding to what you mentioned, togetherness, sometimes we 
we limit the, the conception of the term to begin with so that in practice does not allow for all the possibilities of togetherness that we can embrace, which is finding commonalities, finding brothers and sisters in other traditions. As uh, Considering that we may have, of course, some theological differences, but for me it has been really like, like an epiphany, like discovering people in other traditions that, as I mentioned, Sometimes it may, not sad, but it may be surprising. Oh, I relate more to this person in Sufi tradition or mystical Christianity than I relate to some other, some Gaudi Vaishnavas. Yep. Yeah, I was just going to say that. And I don't think I'm the only one. <laughs> it Sometimes, reminds me, it reminds me of that program that you did that we went to at um, Dina Bandhu's uh, mm -hmm. friends. Scarlet. Scarlet, Scarlet's house. So for those of you who don't know, we went to do a program there. Maharaj spoke there and it was all uh, mostly Christians. Um, you you mean the last one, right? Because we did two, remember? The last one. Yeah, the last one yeah. that we did. Yeah. And so there, just, were some, there were someone from a Jewish, Jewish tradition. Remember one lady presented herself as a pagan. Uh, but yeah, mostly there were, there were Christians from different denominations, but Christian, yeah. Yeah, that's right. And then after we, after the talk and everything, well, during the talk, everyone was really, I was really just looking at everyone and how they were reacting to what you were saying. And everyone was really in agreement and kind of giving their uh, confirmation of that, of the points that you were making, which were so universal to, hmm. you know, just religious people in general. And then afterward, just talking to them and being like, I, I feel really God conscious right now, just talking to these people about, you know, their tradition and our tradition. And sometimes, like you said, sometimes you might feel even more close or more, in our case, Krishna conscious um, with others, with other traditions than you might feel. I feel like when I go to a church, if I go, like, if I, if I, if I, like, I remember work, working in the city, I would chant mm -hmm. my japa in a, in a church. It was actually mm -hmm. a Franciscan um, mm -hmm. church. And it was so, it was such an, a spiritual experience. <laughs> Every time I went, I couldn't say the same thing all the time if I went to my local, <laughs> local temple. Um, although not knocking that, you know, that experience either, but uh, there's something to say about uh, finding your own uh, finding your own expression of of God in others in other uh, you know religions and other traditions, for sure. Yeah, I remember they invited us to go to their church. Remember? That's right. Yeah, you have to go. I, I'm not there, but please go. Yeah, down. they were chanting. Remember, Benjamin was the name of this old person. Yes, he was, was like eight, 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 eighty-four. Yes. He was, you know, he was amazing, yeah. Special, right? Yeah, yeah. Remember at the end he came to me, I was like, I've learned so much today. And he was so humble that I felt like embarrassed of how humble he was and I appreciate. He was double my age and he was thanking me for all that I say. And I was totally yeah, embarrassed in the good sense, like humbled by his own humility. And during the classes you mentioned, we're touching some points and, and he will say like, amen, no. <laughs> <laughs> I felt that togetherness in a different mm -hmm. dynamic than you would. As you mentioned in that first little part of the of the chapter, yeah. that certain it presented itself in another dynamic, yeah. and yeah. I had to be open to that. Obviously, you know, and it, yeah. sometimes people aren't. And but I think you lose if you lose if you're not if you're not open to that. You can only I think I feel like you can only gain things mm -hmm. unless unless there's you know 
some really big difference or or there's some you know but i think you can only gain yeah yeah and, and even if you are open and there are differences big differences even which in one sense i wouldn't i mean i, I will say that with all genuine mystical traditions the, the foundation is we can we have so much in common in, in terms of foundational teachings and yeah. virtues and ideals that we have enough how to how to say enough common room to share uh, as a preliminary thing before going to the even so-called big differences if we want to call them big yeah. so once you establish this proper foundation i will say that you can go to those so-called big differences and the differences start to become an ornament instead of a of a problem because you have created this preliminary foundation in which we agree so nicely and deeply and we nourish each other then when okay let's go to differences now but there has been so much deep agreement to begin with that those mm. differences are, are like spice to the masala instead of yeah. creating yeah. like a clash or a problem it's like wow as i quote in my book back to notaku saying you will think how interesting how they're worshiping my krishna no? Yes, I, I cannot understand fully because I'm not educated in their worship. But I, how they worship my Krishna inspires me to worship my Krishna in my own way. No? So that that's mm. kind of the. You also the give piece. the example of of the meeting of uh, Murari Gupta and mm. and no no uh, uh, Gopa uh, Kumar and Hanuman. Yes, yes, right. Sorry, yes. Yeah, and that's how... a classical for the interfaith di community di dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, not not only not only tolerating the other religions, so to say, or not only allowing them to exist, <laughs> but learning from them, right? Like like rediscovering my own tradition in one sense, by the grace of other traditions, as as we mentioned, if if they allow me to rediscover my own tradition, how much can I call them other traditions, right? Yes, yes. And, and I will say now, Ras, I don't know what you think, but I mean, we were talking about okay, openness to other religious tradition but but i was add to that in terms of togetherness openness to other flavors in our own Vaishnav community as well because sometimes we have this strange dynamics where we may even go to an interfaith dialogue and we celebrate and we talk to one another but we meet a Vaishnav from another mission party bar lineage and we just cross the street and look in another direction so for me, it's also very particular, no? Like interfaith dialogue, Kijai, but don't bring me Vaishnav from another tribe, so to say. <laughs> yeah, like you can say, you can say, I, I'm going to a, a church or something, and people, oh, that's so nice, and then like, oh, I'm going to this other Gaudiya group temple. Like, oh, well, I don't know about that. That's a little bit too. That's a little bit too close to home, kind of thing. I, I don't agree. I don't agree with that. I love. I love um, so much to to explore. And to hear, um, of course, in a mature way and not in a way that, uh, you know, in a mature way of like that. I understand what my place is or my home is like you understand where your home is. But then you're able to appreciate cousins, uncles, other relatives of your of what we sit called the Chaitanya trio in Gaudiya Vaishnavism. I, I, I really appreciate uh you know doing that and and seeing the difference seeing the differences like you said but but having that basis the foundation of the commonality and the similarities and celebrating the differences also hmm. yeah so recall i mentioned you mentioned this idea of the chaitanya tree and I, I put in my book the analogy 
generally we don't see the branches of a tree fighting with one another. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, right. But there's always an exception to the rule, so to say. So here we have that tree in which the branches are insulting one another and cursing one another and calling one another names and condemning them as unbonafide branches. But they happen to be somehow in connection to the trunk. So, <laughs> in in connection to like the online community, I would say that um, another point of radical personalism is the humanness we see in in others. And in a community space, being in person with someone else from a different tradition or ter- different um, branch, or you could say, of the Chaitanya tree, like you, we wouldn't say the same things that we say online the way we would say them in person if we were in person to, to another devotee. Because we see them, first of all, I think seeing the other person as a human being and understanding like this is a, just another first of all this is another human being like let's treat each other in a human more human way and that's something i really got from your from your book that i really appreciated that seeing seeing the humanness in in others um mm-hmm. before we you know jump down each other's throats regarding whatever theology or differences that we might have i really it's like that in, point is back inherent or not in the jiva numbers yeah <laughs> <laughs> whatever uh, I mean, whatever the topic whatever the topic whatever the topic yeah i mean yeah, the first, it's yeah. not about the topic in itself those same exactly. reactions and triggers can happen if we talk about anything basically yeah yeah totally. even outside of theology you name it covid vaccines or some other social issue or anything anything it's yeah Definitely. yeah and i appreciate what you mentioned regarding online dynamics because sometimes one could say Okay, you do not dare. You do not dare to say someone in person what you say online because somehow you could say you are a coward who hides behind a keyboard and a screen. But actually, sometimes it's not only that. It can happen <laughs> without bad intention, but it can happen. We feel somehow like safe and, and and okay. Here I'm not exposed. I can say so many things, and I'm not actually taking the risk of relating to the person. And being vulnerable as we were talking and, and all that it yeah. implies. But also, as you mentioned, when we meet the person in person, uh, also we may not dare to say those things, not necessarily out of cowardice, but also out of, as you mentioned, perceiving, oh, there's a real person there. No, yeah. when in, in this well, in the social dynamics, we tend to lose sight of there is a human being on the other side of the screen, so to say, which is one of the delicate dynamics that create so that social media may create in our communication that we tend to forget that we are humans talking to one another <laughs> no i'm not again we are not here <clears throat> trying to cancel social media we, we are using it to stream this episode but it can take to that direction in which in the dynamics and threads and dialogues and so on we tend to lose sight of the humanness yeah humanness in ourselves and we be, behave in pretty unhuman ways sometimes or or in the other side no there is someone also who is human who is trying to be human even if sometimes it may not seem so so yeah you know I, that really was illustrated when you know the whole bhakti inherency thing the podcast that we did whatever it was like jiva falls or whatever it was it it kind of was really illustrated in the way I was observing you were being treated. Um, and and because I know you personally and I've spent a lot of time with you, just you know, just us, 
then seeing that from afar that the way you were people were treating you and things it really just illustrated for me like wow this is a real the online dynamic is actually it can be really poisonous and that's what make that that struggle that i was been speaking about um in the beginning of this of of my my relationship to the online community so to say mm-hmm. i try i'm trying to now with coming back more online i'm trying to you know reshake again my thinking of how i'm di- you know relating with it and and things because it's it's so easy to kind of be in an impersonal inhuman in not inhumane but like an unhuman way to relate with others and i would like to be more human and more um personable and because i'm a personalist i like i want to be more personal with with people and and not go towards the other direction so yeah yeah and i think one of the reasons you chose to continue your podcast with interviewing people in person is in connection to this somehow yeah oh totally yeah <clears throat> I, i i wanted to just i mean i love virtual also because it's mm-hmm. i mean you're in vrindavan i'm in new jersey it's we're able to have an interaction which yeah. is really really nice but the in person really mm. brings so many other layers of communication whether it's uh you know body language and the way you say words and things like that i really appreciate that a lot more than the virtual and yeah it's it's been it's been really mm-hmm. nice and and nourishing for me to to be more in person with people and you started your podcast in that way right the first episodes were also in person yeah it was the i bet the first 30 episodes i would say were oh. were all in person oh. so yeah okay okay yeah in connection to my the situation you referred that I was involved and how I was being treated. Of course, I don't want here to sound like I'm the big team and everyone is mistreating me and poor me. I mean, I'm sure I, I made my mistakes. I'm not perfect, but, and we are talking this not as a campaigning in favor of me or anything. It's just like trying to observe objectively how certain situations can trigger certain behaviors. Nobody's free from that in potential. So we have to yeah. remain humble and honest and, But but I, I I agree with the point of yeah how much we can project uh, an idea of the other person which basically reduce the other person to a non-person <laughs> yeah <laughs> while yeah. the person is someone else actually you know like you mentioned okay I know this person and I know someone else is telling this about this person but I know this person and I know who he is on some level and I know some things that are being said is completely out of the constellation it's like completely missing the mark of who that person is as a person. So again, this is not pointing to, to any person. It's just about pointing how the, the wave and the dynamics in, in, in online communities sometimes takes us to really, I mean, see someone else from a, nothing of what that person actually is. But we are completely convinced <laughs> you are that. You are my projection. You are my idea, which of course can happen without social media. We don't need social media for that. <laughs> But social media kind of... Uh, maximizes that same principle somehow if we are at least if we are not careful enough now that's what i think what we talked in our last podcast in your podcast on bhakti and social media mm-hmm. maybe before opening your cell phone you have to make some mangala charan or some prayers before <laughs> as you are when you enter sacred space you try to make make yourself aware of that in the same way where you are entering dangerous sand pit so to say you have to have your prayers at hand 
Yeah, I think I think um, mm. on that along those same lines, it shows a level of it's it's very subtle actually. Uh, the point of seeing someone human or, or or that humanness before the disagreement or whatever you might have uh, with someone, because the way the, the reason I say it's subtle is because. I see people who are so religious and God conscious and things acting in ways where they're quite in inhuman in some. Mm-hmm. In, I keep saying inhuman. It's not the that's not the word. It's it's um unhuman. Unhuman, yeah, I guess so. But in a in a not a proper way, it's 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 not seeing the you know humanness, and uh and that that bothers me because. If you're if you're if you're claiming to be so religious, God conscious, and you and you, but you're acting in this like really basic way improperly, mm-hmm. what does that say about like the rest of what you're doing? It's like the foundation's mm-hmm. not properly there, in some ways, right? Totally agree, and and we in our tradition have so many reasons. Of course, we we can use. We can use any type of philosophy to justify everything. As I mentioned in my book, the worst crimes in history are done in the name of revelation, scripture, God, and so on. Bhaktirasa Bhakti says the word is, yeah. yeah. Thank you, Bhaktirasa. The words is impersonal. Okay. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Instead of inhuman, let's go to impersonal. Impersonal, impersonal. yes. I'm going to write okay. it down. Okay. <laughs> But I was thinking that not only we have the, so to say, the challenge of treating each other as humans, of course, also, but also if we want to claim that we are, in this case, Vaishnavas, Krishna devotees, we will say, okay, in our tradition, we are taught that God resides in everyone's heart. So every person is a walking temple of my deity. So how I should treat that person? Mm -hmm. And as as was I was quoting recently in different lectures, there's one nice verse in Bhaktivasamrita Sindhu, Ananya Mamata Vishnu, Prima Sangata Mamata, which basically means if you love God, you will love everything in relation to him. Wow. So it happens that everything is in relation to him. <laughs> yeah. That's, what that's is it? What that's, isn't? That's what is not in relationship to him, basically, yeah. right? Yeah. So you have a problem in the sen- in one sense if you want to remain hypocritical. And the problem is that if you really say Krishna love you, immediately the echo will return and say, so therefore you have to love everything in connection to him, which happens to be everything and everyone. So we have no escape to, to mistreat others, so to say, in the name of being a devotee, in the name of being religious, because at least our religion, and not only ours, actually does not allow for that if you really understand actually what's religion it's it calls for a very sensitive and, and, and compassionate and loving treatment to, of each other and but anyhow i mean we know that also not to mistreat those who mistreat because also one can fall into that like say no you shouldn't mistreat anyone you should treat everyone very humanly and here there are these horrible miserable guys that are treating others bad and they deserve and you end up you're doing the same falling. thing yeah yeah so it's yeah. so easy to to fall into that trick no so yes. when, when we are even seeing that to begin with at home hopefully uh yeah be be human and be compassionate even be compassionate with ourselves in the sense of we may fail in this more than once per day 
but we if, if we are too heavy on ourselves that may take us to just be discouraged and anyhow not not, be, not have the, the strength and the focus to work on what we actually need to work so and, and i think that of course as you we have talked many times that begins at home in terms of our own self, our relationship with ourselves, with our family, with our close sangha, how we treat each other and how much, I remember once I mentioned that and you like the idea, how much relationships can be a form of service and can mm -hmm. be an offering to Krishna. We can offering nice relationships. No? Yeah, you said, you said uh, even th to, the, to the guru, your offering to your spiritual master can be yeah. the good relations between, you know, the disciples or the devotees. Right. Yeah, I yeah. love that so much. I love that so much because so much comes from that. I mean, mm. the whole the whole fraternity, radical fraternity, is that basically the mm. the more the more the more than the external thing is the the internal. What is it? The heart quarters. That anyway, we'll read mm. we'll read about it. But <laughs> but but relating in communion in communion to others. Yeah, the exchange of intimate thoughts and feelings, especially on a mental or spiritual level, that's the definition of communion. Okay, and Russ is coming with his high legs now. Fast and your <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do we want to read? That. Yeah, go sorry, ahead. sorry, no, no. Tell me, tell me. No, I was just gonna say, do we want to read more from from the rest of the? We're gonna continue reading the chapter, but you say your point no. if you have. No, no, I was just thinking. There's one nice verse for those who. Would like also to uh, complement with Shastra in Bhagavatam, fourth canto, chapter 30, verse 8. There is a very nice verse in which Bhagavan is talking to the Prachetas. Now, the Prachetas are these brothers, mystical brothers, so to say, who really were practicing very seriously all together, you know, like a team, teamwork. Yeah. And, and, and Bhagavan is telling him, them, in, in brief, in essence, there are many things he's saying in that verse, it's basically saying, I'm so pleased by your mutual friendship that I wish you all good fortune. So please ask from me any benediction. No? Yeah. So basically Bhagavan is telling them, I'm giving you whatever you want because I'm so pleased by the mutual friendship you have. So for me, that's one of the main verses which show how that can be an offering to Krishna, no? having good relationships, developing mutual friendship. As I mentioned in my book also, in the chapter on Guru Tattva, you know, even not only between God brothers and God sister, but even in one sense, the relationship with the Guru is a relationship of friendship, another type of friendship. But Rupa Goswami says, Bishram Bena Guru Seva. There is a type of friendship of trust and confidence that has to be developed. And it's a teamwork somehow. It's a collaboration. The two, the Guru and disciple are working together for serving the same cause, so to say. Now, each one in their own place, of course, Guru and disciple. But but it's not so much as I put in my book an hyper pyramidal hierarchy, so to say, <laughs> when only one person is doing everything on, on something like that. But it's just uh, it's a two way street of collaboration from their particular place. So so I like to think in, in these terms how even even in the guru disciple relationship, what to speak between God brothers, God sisters, how much this idea of fraternity or friendship and collaboration needs to be there. I think you said after, or it says somewhere, I can't remember, it was your book or somewhere in Shastra that as time goes on, when it when the guru-disciple relationship matures, like fully matures, then there's that friendship is more, uh, is more a part of the relationship than anything. Mm. Uh, not just, not just like you said, a, you know, 
that hi- that hierarchy, but actually that the disciple and the guru have this like more deeper friendship than anything. And I think that's so powerful because then there's a freedom to kind of move where you need to move and 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 know that there's a friend there that's going to support you and uh, correct you if needed, but also more that's supporting you because you they're giving you the trust that um, yeah. you, you're, you're, you're able to move where you need to move. And I, and I always feel like that from even my own spiritual master that he says on norm, he said to me in numerous occasions, I trust you. And that was so, it was so um, actually deeply um, impactful to me because it's so much, it became so much more of a deeper relationship than just what can I do for you and looking up, mm-hmm. but more looking, not that he's my equal at all in any way, but that there's a, there's a deep, a deepness there that comes with trust and a friendship. Yeah. And a deep sense, I will say of commitment and responsibility, no, but, but not yeah. like a, like a baggage, like, Oh, now he trusts me problem. But like something beautiful, <laughs> like something beautiful, no, like oh, yeah. my guru trusts me, so I I want to honor that trust. Basically, I want to serve and take care of that yes. trust. Like it's something moving. Your heart is really moving. So, so yeah, that that's what say. Interestingly, if you pay attention, almost every, almost every relationship evolves gradually into a form of friendship. Yeah. No, if you if if you are a, a, a son. Gradually, with your father, as we were mentioning in the main example, okay, evolves into a friendship. Although, again, father is father, son is son. That, that doesn't disappear. With your wife, somehow, eventually, some form of friendship is formed. Definitely. Right? Yeah. Of its own kind, of course. With with your kid, the opposite direction, of course, the same. No, with, not only with your father, a form of friendship, but your children, gradually, is a form of friendship. So, interestingly, in all these different rasas, so to say... <clears throat> Uh, it they all of them converge into a form of friendship with the gurus we were mentioning with your friends what to speak no so in one sense we could say it's it's all about friendship in many ways no and and, yeah. and, and different shades of friendship but but it's a very important point that that I think we need to to have present to understand okay if everything is converging into a form of friendship what friendship <laughs> no how to reach that how to behave now even if I haven't reached that converging point, what should I do now for that to happen eventually, uh, for, for the relationship to grow into a form of friendship? I don't know yeah. which experience. You can give some experience that I don't have. I don't have wife. I don't have children. I have no. missed many, I've met many races in this lifetime. I don't have brothers and sisters biologically. So <laughs> Definitely. I mean, all what you say is totally spot on. I every All the relationships you mentioned that I do have – have mm. all converged to friendship. Uh, my father, mm. who's 74, 75, I'm 38. And I I actually don't see him so much in that fatherly way anymore. It's like very much like a like a dear, dear friend, very close friend. Wife also, um, of course, is very different. But I mean, we started off very much as, as friends and then moved to, uh, you know, being husband and wife. And now, taking care like as a team of, of three children it's also become very you know friendship like also and um brothers and sisters yeah i mean my sister and i have gone through so many different <laughs> different types of relationships as we've gone on but now we're both older and also another very dear friend 
uh, it's it's definitely evolved to that. So yeah, I can definitely attest to to those things that you're saying. Hmm. So again, we are talking also today as main theme regarding the Vaishnav community and community life. So again, that's not an exception to this rule of friendship. You know? So I, it's important totally. that we we ask ourselves, okay, according to my position, role, whenever I happen to be in this in my particular community and the people who is around me, how to get closer and closer to this, the, the corresponding type of friendship that is supposed to happen. Because sometimes, again, if we don't, if we are not aware of, okay, this should converge in friendship, that will not happen because we will not be doing the things that will take us there. We will not be relating in a way that is like promoting, so to say, the development of trust and confidence and vulnerability, which are all ingredients of friendship, so to say. If we are talking about the real friendship, there has to be yeah. openness, trust, transparency, uh, as you mentioned with with Tulsi, like teamwork, not like the two of yeah. you working together for the kids, uh, collaboration, no, which is I like to say collaboration is the beginning of love. No, sometimes we we like to talk about love, but we may talk about love quite loosely. <laughs> but mm. one way of saying okay, how much we want real love? I mean, whatever, whether as husband, wife, or any other relationships, let's measure the degree of collaboration. How willing we are to work as a team, despite our differences and all the things that may make us not work as a team. <laughs> and in spite of that, we choose to work as a team, to put those things apart, work on them, but we have this common, whatever, children, whatever, this this common responsibility. Hey, let's be mature enough and let's connect with the common ideal, common community. We are talking about community, means common unity. There is something that is bonding us together in common. And yeah, we have so many things in different, but let's keep keep the focus on what makes us part of one same journey or goal we are pursuing yeah i mean what comes to mind is uh something shila Prabhupada said uh, about um you will show your love for me of how you work together with each other um he said that before he left this world and i think yeah. and i think that's so i think that's so beautiful and it also shows that you know our the the movement that I'm a part of the the, the Iskon movement I've seen go through so much but I but something that I really appreciate is that through all these things that have happened and so many reasons to 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 kind of disintegrate mm. um, that some of the senior leaders have have lived by this in a really wonderful way that we're going to show our love by staying, staying together working together even there's so many differences if, amongst the leaders and I have so much, crit, you know, critis, not criticism, but cr I guess critical thinking. Yeah, it's I don't criticism. <laughs> okay, criticism. Constructive, right. constructive. Doesn't constructive, need to be yeah, constructive. I, you know, evil. Yeah, constructive criticism of the institution and things like that. But something I, I, I do appreciate is that uh, working through thick and thin, looking that we will please our spiritual master by by sticking together and and seeing how we can work together because he that's what he wanted us to do and actually give that instruction so just wanted to add that yeah thank you so since you mentioned the idea of the mission and the institution i was thinking also and i think i remember we talked a little bit about this in a few weeks ago in the uk that i i, I told you that we have a program with uh, radha damodar prabhu to some right. young devotees from Iskander and 
we were mainly mainly talking about how to 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 experience or to keep the experience of deep sangha in a large community mm. which is an interesting point because we, we we may have a large community or some may have large communities how to keep intimacy alive in terms of a massive uh, environment so to say no yeah which i appreciated the point because it's a it's a valid concern no? how to have how to how to keep maduria in the context of aishvari i will say no maduria like sweetness or intimacy in the context of aishvari in terms of greatness and big size and larger communities yeah and i remember i i mentioned this that in brindavan of course it's a high example but it reflects what what can happen here as well in brindavan there's the highest aishvarya in Brindavan, every tree is Kalpa Briksha, the side tree, the land is Chintamani, Touchstone, the cows are common. Everything is super Aishvaric. But it, it seems like the less Aishvaric place of all. But actually, it has mm. more Aishvarya than in Baikuntha, even. Why? Because there is so much intimacy, so much affection and trust that all the Aishvarya or the larger, largeness of, so to say, of Braj recedes to the background no so i would think in the same way we may have a large community yeah by kun by kuntha like community in terms of size <laughs> without limits almost but by maduria or sweetness or intimacy has to be there in such a way that nobody is becoming like overwhelmed by oh this is so big so get intimidated by by the distance by the bigness but how to preserve intimacy even mm. in, in that large setting so i don't know you have any thoughts in that connection yeah that that reminds me of this part that i highlighted in this chapter about um when you're propose the proposal of um extracting intrinsic purpose from the notion of spiritual community and what i wanted to read here was what we we're mm -hmm. talking about is the mediocrity that so often infiltrates any human project with the passage of time mm -hmm. in fact is the very structure of many spiritual groups that encourages that in, that encourage people to act disingenuously and pretend fostering the development of hypocrites from initial initially sincere seekers yeah when things get too big and things get too i guess centralized then you know it can be watered down in, in some sort of way, not in the in philosophically. I mean, it can happen philosophically, but even in just the way we um, act towards each other, it can even get watered down. You can, you know, you have to have a certain that we have to look a certain way, you have to act a certain way, and that's the and that's what I think you're talking about in pretending and being disingenuous um, mm -hmm. and being hypocritical. And so, yeah, I, I find that really interesting. How to preserve that? how to preserve that intimacy in a, in a larger um, institutional setting. For mm -hmm. sure, it's a definitely thought-provoking. Yeah, because, I mean, like Mahaprabhu's movement is called Sankirtan, the Sankirtan movement, we call yeah. sometimes our movement. We are, we are belong to the Sankirtan movement. And, and I like to say that the word Sankirtan indica indicates collective participation. No, Sankirtan, to make a play of words, I can we can do Sankirtan together, but by myself, I can only do some kirtan. Some kirtan. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> but yeah. but Sankirtan, I need you. I mean, we need each other, so to say, for some for the experience of Sankirtan to happen. So for me, it's beautiful that 
the very the very word that defines our movement Im implies the idea of you need each other. No, Sankirtan. Yes. Yes. With, without 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 intimacy, without and, and again, and Sankirtan needing each other is not just I need physically another person who, who offers a second voice because if not, I cannot do Sankirtan. That's not so much about the numerical gathering, mm. but it's more about some like a reunion of hearts, so to say, no, like like-minded spirits getting together again, community and uh and all, even if there are two, again, we may have a large community, but for the I will say for the experience of Sankirtan, you need people in the same page, so to say, mm -hmm. because we can have 50 people singing, playing Mridanga, Kartas, Harmonia, whatever. But if someone is thinking, okay, I will, whatever, I will impress the community today with this new cool melody and raga that nobody has played ever before. It's my own creation. Another one is, is just thinking about how his child will look for the picture. Another one is trying to impress the matajis in the audience. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, some rock star syndromes or some. I mean, all that is not Sankirtan, even if you have 300. So, but if though, in between those 300, there are a few who are aligned with the spirit of community, communion. Okay, those two, three. That's Sankirtan. And, and, and we need just two, three, so to say. I mean, I'm not against large groups, but my point is sometimes we may become too obsessed with it has to be larger, so to say. The larger, uh, the better, the more pleasing to Krishna. And yes and no. I mean, yes, only if the quality is not compromised, so to say. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 I like that point. In, in, in here, you speak. Communal experience is absolutely crucial for the final success of radical personalism in the hearts of each of its members. In fact, a strong sense of community creates a strong sense of individual personhood. True individuals create true community, and true community creates true individuals. That was um, adapted from uh, Richard Rohr, right? Mm. Yeah. I was not planning in advance that Nam Rasa will be reading from my book, so there was nothing <laughs> organized like, hey, you read from my book, help me promote it so we sell a few more copies. I have not... <laughs> nope. nope. As I no, said, I, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. highlighting here and yeah. like like anything, yeah. this is what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, but I appreciate that quote coming from, from Richard Rohr, especially yeah. this idea that true individuals create true community. We, we want, but it begins with the true individuals. No, yeah. then it says true community will create true individuals. But first, is true individuals become tr create true communities. So first, we have to pay attention. Going to the title of today's podcast again, the heart of community life, and we talked about that a little bit with I remember Deva Madhava that I was actually in your house that day. Remember we mm. had some accident with the streaming. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, I kind of disappeared. But we were talking about how the heart of community is individual. Mm. You cannot just like extract the heart and expect the whole body to continue living without the heart, so to say. So we have to really pay close. The, the individual is a project, so to say. Now, without individual, there is no project. No? Yeah. If, and, and if you have just a mass, a gathered mass of people, but you don't see them as individuals, you don't treat this, them as individuals, but as numbers or as objects or as facilities, without bad intention. But as you mentioned, we may inadvertently fall into that type of vision because something may expand and we may lose awareness of keeping it personal and some other priorities come. We need to collect for this. We need to keep this. 
So the priorities start to, again, unconsciously change, and, and suddenly we start to relate to other people as not as other people, basically. <laughs> yeah, I think that impersonalism can definitely creep in when you're thinking of projects before people. I know mm-hmm. in our society, there is a lot of emphasis on on expansion and projects, and that's really wonderful, and I, and I appreciate that. But also, I also really like when there is an emphasis on the people, uh, developing people, develop, and ISKCON being an educational institution. That's what mainly what the goal was for uh, what Srila Prabhupada wanted for ISKCON was to develop an educational institution, not merely, mm-hmm. not just uh, temples and and external uh, structures but what even about what Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur said I'm my goal is to build heart uh what is it uh, temples in in the, of the heart mm-hmm, Big, mm-hmm. build temples in in people's hearts that's was that was his yeah. that's a quote from him I really I really like that uh a lot because you can easily like you said if it's a if it's like a mass of people you can easily forget individuals but mm-hmm focusing more on people than projects and and that takes time of course if you want to <clears throat> to create temples in the heart i mean it takes time to build a temple ex- outside of the heart <laughs> for some yeah. some temples are pretty big they are still constructing then after one decade of starting the project <laughs> so, <laughs> and i'm not criticizing that i'm just saying some temples may take decades of being constructed outside of the heart and that construction that takes 25 years has the purpose of taking you to construct in the temple inside of your heart, which probably will take more time. <laughs> yeah. It's not that, okay, I will construct this marble temple outside of my heart 10 years. I will construct my, made my heart a temple in three weekends or something. No, it doesn't work like that. Mm. So like, my point is we should be willing to, to enter into that project of temple construction in the heart, but also we should be willing to, facilitate that experience in others understanding that will take time and, and, and taking the time for accompanying the construction process so to say in everyone's heart and that requires time and investment of energy and personalized following and assistance for each construction temple again it's nice to think about in that terminology you know like architecture yeah. project in every single heart of something very elaborate very deep that has to have good foundation to maintain itself for eternity. <laughs> I love that. It's it doesn't it doesn't just happen automatically. Like the way yeah. an external temple needs to be built, there's so much thought put into it. There's so much thought that needs to be put into the internal temple also. I love that so much that you brought that up. Mm. There is so much planning required. There's so much time required. It doesn't just happen automatically. So much investment like you said is is so yeah. important. I, mean, I didn't think that, of it like that. It's really nice. Yeah, and imagine for these temples outside of the heart, so many people is involved. There's not just one people doing everything. Yes, yes. <laughs> no. wow. There you have the architects and the workers, and there are hundreds of people, the donors, and so many things have. So it's a, a conjoint project. So what to speak of the heart project, which of course we have to do it ourselves in one level, but also we need the help of so many other people. So... Totally. Oh yeah, I think it's a good imagine imaginary, you say, like good like way of conceiving it, like okay. Imagery, yeah. Yeah, not not to pretend to have that done very quickly, but also understanding that the time, the demanding time, the time that it will demand, also being realistic about 
how to create temples in the heart of other people and, and how much de how demanding that is and how much time that requires and sometimes uh, investing too much time I'm investing the, the necessary time in that will take good part of our time and energy but it's okay again it's not a problem so to say because we may get too concerned that we are not constructing enough temples outside <laughs> But again, the main focus is, are we constructing temples inside, no? inside the hearts? If that's happening, the, the outer construction will follow as a byproduct, I will say. No? First, the temple yeah. in the heart. That's what Prabhupada did. I mean, Prabhupada, sometimes we glorify Prabhupada. He built 108 temples, and of course, it's a very valid praise. But sometimes we skip that he already had the fully built temple in his heart before. <laughs> right. No? That That's how the other things came. So even miraculously, you know, magically, like how can you explain so much in so, such a short time? But the, the, all, all the things were already, was already in place in his own heart. Mm. So that, that has happened. But then sometimes we see that that's, it's not the same with other people whose foundations are still in work or are not properly in place. <laughs> and they try to build a temple without the proper foundation, which is another important point. No? Uh, uh, here back to Raz is saying, and we say the founders of a tradition are the architects. Right. No. And yeah, I'm proud of this many times know as founder acharya. So architect acharya. And founder also is connected to the word foundation. No, there yeah. has to be a foundation. No? And, and, and we have to pay close attention to the foundation. I will say sometimes re regarding the heart of community life, a good foundation again is human connection, personal connection to the individual through friendship, through trust, through intimacy. That's like foundational. Of course, there are so many other things. Let's that, as you mentioned, this is about lots about education. That's we have to be trained in Shastra and not the philosophy so we can practice on a proper foundation and so on. But if we are not treating each other very humanly, I mean, <laughs> foundation is not in place yet. No, so mm. I think... Just to go to something very, very basic. No, let's be like like Rupa Goswami speaks in Upadeshambrita, Guhyama Kyati Prichati, Priti Lakshanam, symptoms of love. Let's open our hearts to each other. Let's build part of building the temple will be let's build uh, I don't know. Let's build a, a safe space where we can be vulnerable hmm, with hmm. each other and, and experience the empowerment that comes from that vulnerability. Yes. I think that yes, yeah, sir. Yeah, you wrote you wrote here it is a it is a holy ground where we can be tender hearted to the broken places among ourselves, where we can be both safe and vulnerable. Hmm. Saint Francis of Assisi would call it this a band of brothers and sisters. Hmm. Oh, and I like really like this part. It is not a domination system as we may generally think of it, but rather a place where each person will dominate the other through the force of affection. Each mm. person equally enslaved by it in a decentralized way, centered on fraternity, a new sense of community. <laughs> domination system. What did you mean by that? Domination system, like, like if it's a big, if it's a big institution, then okay, everything needs to be like this, and and it, it, that's how you have to act, and that's mm. it. Was that what you kind of meant by domination? Yeah, and also other forms of like micromanaging and and right. things that that happen in, in certain communities and. Which are I don't think is like a natural, again a healthy domination. As I make that point, they're like of a decentralized slavery. <laughs> mm. uh, there's 
like, like I like the classical example you may experience with I don't know with Kunjo with your little daughter. I mean, you are controlled by her. Right. Oh, totally. <laughs> but, yeah. And vice versa, but also she's controlled by you. Each one, both are controlled by each other by the force of affection, and everyone is okay. Both of you are okay. It's not like this is a problem to be controlled by daddy. This is a problem to be controlled by Kunji. No, like, no, no. I, I like this control takes good, so to say, right? Mm. <laughs> Yeah, mm -hmm. it's and I, I always find that interesting because when you think of a spiritual community, spiritual institution, it's completely volunteer. Volunteer. Mm. That's so fascinating to me because when I I work in in a corporate job and and the the, the way we function as a community, so to say, is that we're paid we're paid by our employer, so we do the job and we're meant to do the job because of that. Uh, but when it comes to spiritual community, there's so much else at play because it's not based on monetary uh, remuneration. It's based completely on a, a spiritual thing and a voluntary, a voluntary thing. So how fragile and how um, like how conscious do the do the leader, the leadership, and and the community leaders have to be? When it comes to comes to dealing with the community, because so many times I've seen in Amaraj, I'm sure you've seen in, in in your years that people just leave like th like this because they just do, maybe someone looked at them the wrong way or said something mean to them or you know like they were just weren't treated probably and they just leave. So mm. that's so it's such a fragile thing when it comes to a volunteer institution. Mm. Yeah, or, or many people who gave everything. Somehow voluntarily, voluntarily, but eventually somehow, of course, different cases here. But somehow, then they started to feel some right to reclaim. I've I've given so much, and yes, I've been exploited, and I have not received enough reciprocation. And sometimes they're right in the sense of it's not that. Of course, some people may ask for money. They gave money, and they want the money back. That's another story, but. I remember even I, I in Argentina one the body gave like a, a, a washer machine, washing machine as a donation. Yeah. And then after like 10 years, he requested it back. Uh, and and they said, like, that was not a donation to begin with. No, I mean, if I'm giving something, even expecting something back, even in the form of praise, mm. even in the form of thank you, I'm it's not fully giving so to say i'm expecting which anyhow that's the case but i'm saying the case of someone who gave their hearts sincerely fully also there is some reciprocation expected in the sense of not not money no external assets but in the terms of relationship and reciprocation and again it's a relationship also yeah. give you give yourself to your kids give yourself to you as a father there is some expectation of reciprocity so sometimes that's not there and that's my point when i feel some people feel i've been exploited i've been abused and in many cases they were mm. yeah. <laughs> I, I won't enter into ex extreme details of specific situations but <laughs> but yeah here bakteras is commenting also voluntary quote-unquote participation is often based on payoffs mm. Mm. so again depending yeah sometimes we use the word voluntary but there are so many layers also of motivation in many of us. Sometimes we think we are being voluntary and how voluntary we are actually being or voluntary. I mean like detached from result and selfless in our giving. 
Right. And with this, I'm not condemning anyone. I mean, we, we, we come to Krishna, like, like Prabhupada says, some people come to Krishna consciousness to serve Krishna, some others to be served by Krishna. Mm. Uh, or some start wanting to serve Krishna, and somehow in the process of that, they may become distracted or corrupted, however you may like to put So So many varieties can happen, no? Yeah. But, but I agree. That said, sorry, I don't want to contradict what you say, actually. I agree that it's very, very delicate what to do with voluntary people, and I and I and I see that in many cases in some communities, and I can understand they, they pay to some people for doing some things, because they see that the voluntary dynamics may became like complicated, whether because someone reclaims in the future or because someone says it's voluntary, so you are not paying me, so you cannot demand that I do this like this like that. Yeah. You follow, and you are counting on them, but since it's voluntary, they're not taking that too seriously. While, while actually, as you mentioned, you know, the, the actual voluntary offering should come from a, a place of so much commitment and fascination with what we have received as a gift that we are will be given voluntarily even more than if, if we will be paid. But that's the key. I think that's the that's, key. It's not yeah. always happening like that. <laughs> no, that's. I think that's. I think that's quite rare. Actually, not rare, but. I think it's a really, really nice when it's when we see that. But to 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 give that extra because you feel like you're getting so much. I mean, That's you're lucky. Yeah. You're really lucky if you if you're if you're feeling that. Mm. Yeah, and we should be feeling that because we are receiving so much. No, right, uh, right. Yeah. No, no, not like not like pressure, pre putting pressure on anyone. You should be feeling like that because we're receiving too much. But. To, for this to be a natural exchange, I think we should we should somehow reach, get to that position. We should, how to say, the motivation for our daily practice should be always that. Totally. And if we feel, and if we feel something else is getting in the way, we should red light and we should see how to get back to the healthy place change, of motivation. Change perspective, right? Yeah. Always, always changing perspective. If you're yeah. not seeing something in a certain way, look at it in another way. What was that Srila Sridhar Maharaj quote that you always quote that I I absolutely love? What What's the service I can do? Ch change your... Uh, angle, of, angle of vision. Yeah. Change your angle of vision. So yeah. if you're not... I, I would say personally, like if you're not feeling that that grace, change your angle of vision and maybe you might see it in a, in a different way. And then you... Yeah. Yeah, because if not, we will start thinking that we are doing a favor to Krishna consciousness, so to say. Mm. <laughs> Instead of feeling humbled by the gift we are receiving, we will start to feel like I'm doing a favor to you, Krishna, to you, community, to you, and and you depend on me, and, and, and I deserve this. And I mean, there many things can happen. I'm not saying it will always happen like that, but yeah, I think it's very safe to 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 put to keep ourselves in a place of humble recognition of the ongoing gifts and and if something is changing as you mentioned make the proper adjustment so the mm. the proper spirit remains now the proper intention i mean christian we were talking these days with the devotees how much how important is the word intention and in my book i also include this idea regarding communities that basically that communities are not so much like social gatherings but they are more like intention i use the word intentional communities so mm. to say, no intention where, where people get together with some common intention. No, like we are committed to this ideal. So to say, we want to attain that. We want to develop this. We want to gather to work for this. 
intentional. The intention, the common intention is creating the community. We are getting together with this intention. Sometimes communities, if not, we will have everyone having their own intention, their own agenda. How much we can call that community? Right. You wrote here, deep connection with like-minded brothers and sisters through whom the music of conviviality is called to overflow. Conviviality means the quality of being friendly and lively. So that's called to overflow. I mm. love that so much, yeah. Mm. You're reading too much from my book, Namrasen. <laughs> I love it. It's so nice. Um, <laughs> there's so much more. There's so many more points here. Uh, you talk about the ashram, mm. the, the meaning of ashram, intentional, mm. like you, you just said it. Oh, yeah, intentional communities or ashram, a place. It is a place where we share with others the sacredness of life. And we do so with clear and committed intentions that may ultimately fulfill our common goals. In fact, it, 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 to live in an ashram doesn't mean inhabiting a particular building, but taking mm -hmm. inner shelter in proper company and building an ashram within our hearts. It is from those heart quarters that mm. we'll be able to set up a space where we can afford each other's transformation. Heart quarters. Love that. <laughs> Here, Brindavan Chandra's quote is something since you went back to the heart quarters from Sila Siddhar Maharaj. Yeah. Every, every heart is a temple of the Lord. It is your property, it is your home, back to God, back to home. From sermons of the guardian of devotion. So so again, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I I, I don't know, Maharaj. I, I love this. I love what you're saying here. But but, but <laughs> Let's go, always, yeah, yeah, let's, let's go to the bath. Yeah, let's go The is, um, I have been in Krishna conscious practically, you know, society, Krishna conscious society practically my whole life. And I felt this not the majority of the time. So does it, is it you that I what, have, sorry? You have, you have I mean, I don't, I don't, life, but? but I don't, I haven't felt this kind of community for the mm -hmm. majority of my life. I have felt it at, points in my life but mm -hmm. as i go through the different dynamics of my life and the different changes that i go through it's it's like it's either there sometimes and not there and so is that something that i always have that we always have to deal with or is it that i mean is it changing an angle of vision like we were speaking about but um i guess my question is um why am i always just like looking for it and is it is that is that okay to just constantly be looking for it Hmm. Do you know what I mean, or is that too yeah. abstract? Yeah, I mean we we have we have talked about this quite a few times already. Yeah, not live in private, but yeah, we are extending that, sharing that with all of you, all bigger communities, so to say. Uh, and and I understand the point, and I I will say it's it's not, of course, your only your struggle, but at least you are struggling for that. <laughs> but but also I will say we have to be careful about. And I'm saying that for myself because I'm personally, I'm in a very particular situation, as you know, in terms of belonging or being part of a group, institution, community. So for me also, the, the idea of togetherness has, take, has taken new, new shapes, shakes and shapes, no? <laughs> as you mentioned, there was reshaping and reshaking. More shaking that shape. First the shaking and then the shaping, but still both of them are happening. Yeah. Uh, and somehow I, I, 
in my case, and I'm not saying I'm not this, I'm not prescribing this is a universal formula that will work for everyone. But for me, I feel I have my community and my family, uh, but which happen to be a few bunch of people which are not necessarily living in the same place, in the same, again, we are, we can even talk in terms of beyond one's tradition. <laughs> but I will say, I don't know, in, in your case, what, it, what comes to my mind is, because again, we may idealize what's community, you know, and we may think about, okay, a big group with, and, and I'm not saying that's not community. I'm not saying that's something ugly or wrong. On the contrary, that's beautiful. If it's community, again, it's not just a bunch of people together uh, struggling to not kill each other. <laughs> that's not community. And I would say you can just begin at, at your home. No, I mean, you have community in your family, your home. I mean, there are, your wife is a Vaishnavi, your children are Vaishnavas, your parents, and you have, uh, that, that's that's one layer of community. Of course, there are many ways of speaking and conceiving the communal experience in terms of, okay, my local temple, my intimate friends, my family at home. So I think it's good that we begin with some positive, how to say, affirmation that I already have community on some of, of one form, because even if we don't see that, we lose sight of that as community. We may lose sight of other expressions of community that are also there, want to be there. I, I remember once I was in, in Argentina talking with one devotee, and he lived quite far from any other devotee, and he will live with his wife and children. So he told me once, Oh, Maharaj, I'm, I'm missing so much Sadhu Sangha. I, cannot, I don't have Sadhu Sangha. And I was like, but you live with your wife, right? And your children, yeah. So you should be sadhu sangha for for each other, mm. no? To begin with, no? because and that's your community project. To begin with, we may have we speak about another community project, but the point is how much we are doing that at home. Uh, and I'm not saying you are not doing that. I, I've witnessed you are doing that, uh, and all these challenging dynamics, of course, of family life. I mean every. Ashram has its challenging dynamics. I'm not just speaking about Grihastha Ashram here. Uh, but that creates a sense of community. Again, as you mentioned, you are working together. There is a teamwork. There is something that put you together. So in this stage of your life, that may be the main experience of community you have, especially yeah. when your children are so young, so to say. Probably when they grow up, they may live outside home you will expand your sense of your experience of community to to another types of circle. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't want sound here to sound that I'm like giving. We're doing therapy, and I'm advising them, Rasa, what to do with your, with your life uh, or something. I love that. I love that you. We, uh, a what do you think? Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you, and I think what I got from what you're saying also is that you have to not just be like where can I fit in but actually create that for yourself yeah that's by, what I was by, thinking. by using your own intelligence and and god-given yeah. faculties yeah. To, to to create that kind of community I mean that's what to you know my wife Tulsi she moved here from from England and she kind of just like uprooted her life and came here and she and I always look up to her in in that way when she she when others have also done the same and feel like they, they move around because they don't feel like community but her her mood has always been where can i create this for myself like 
me actually put in the work to create a community. So connecting with others, even if they're not connecting with you or making that attempt to, 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 to touch, touch someone to someone's heart or to reach <laughs> out and, and do those things. And I, I think that's really what it means to, to, to be in communities. Actually, everyone's making that effort. Mm. So to, to, yeah. to do that, I think is, is, um, yeah. Yeah. I was just, thinking about that before you start to say that so that was an interesting connection point of connection that it's not just about waiting for the community to happen so to say you know or, or waiting like well, okay there are so many communities in, as you mentioned in which one i fit in yes yes and, and if i do not fit in it's their fault or something there's no community that i fit in or something but as you mentioned okay what can what's my responsibility what can i do to and as we mentioned not merely to fit in but to belong mm -hmm. I, I like always to um, highlight the difference between these two words because sometimes we understand them as the same. And fitting in has more to do with I stop being who I am, so I fit in. No, right. And belong, belong is I have to be who I am in order to belong. Mm. <laughs> you follow? If I'm that. not who I am, I cannot belong. I'm merely fitting in. I, I'm probably putting up a mask to fit in, to be seen nice. So nobody notices how messy my life is or whatever. Yes. And act, actual true belonging is I can be who I am with all my imperfection, with all my problems, with all my nakedness. So to say I can be vulnerable and I'm being accepted and listened and loved despite that or even because of that, so to say. <laughs> so yeah. I can feel I belong to that. And, and again, to that means to that heart, as I like to say, we cannot belong to to, to, a, to an institution, we can belong to hearts. Sometimes a heart happens to be beating in an institution and we end up in an institution because of that heart beating. <laughs> but the heart beating is the, the belonging part, so to say. So Totally. You say here, thus, it's not so much about finding a community as creating and embodying one. Okay. So that there it was. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's an important point because I've and, and I I'm not an exception to that rule. Sometimes one may fall into this, okay, looking for communities and which is the one that most aligns with my own mood or necessity. And somehow it's kind of comfort zone still, no? Like, okay, they are already doing the work of community and I just show up and this is my community. Thank you. <laughs> and yeah. sometimes it's sometimes it may happen like that. But sometimes not. There's not like a fixed pattern. So I, I really feel that in my and in my personal case, that's very much my my experience. You know that okay, I have to be creative and be open to see. I mean, I'm not saying I'm creating a community who would like to join, send me your email. I'm I'm not like officially opening a mission or something like that, but somehow or other, again, what's mission, institution, community, anyhow. No, sometimes we tend to formalize all these type of things. You no, know, like yeah. oh Maharash, some someone may hear me like I'm creating community, and someone will think oh Maharash is opening a mission, and that means he will be guru. We we have this type of awkward sequences in our mind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and basically, I'm just saying, I'm just trying to belong to a particular space, and I'm trying to be creative in finding that and discovering who else will belong in that same page which is not the same as the other thing, but sometimes we have a very predetermined idea on that, right? <laughs> yeah. Like when I, when I, after I got married, I lived in England for two years 
And in England, they have a very developed community with so many different types of services and departments and things. And I remember going there and just plugging myself into the, these different services. Mm -hmm. And I was mm -hmm. like, wow, this is great. This is a community. I'm just, I'm just coming here and plugging in. And then coming back to my home, it's a less developed community. And there's less, there's more chance for mm -hmm. me to create these things that I want to be, that I want to do. And in the initially, I, I thought, oh, it's 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 unfortunate. Now I have to, you know. Mm. But actually, it's more requires me. To, it requires me to go deeper and actually do that work, and make the effort to yeah. do the things that I want to do. And I think that's there's something to say about that kind of depth and yeah. um, that that kind of um, you know resistance. I guess in it, it, when you like when you do you know when you're working out, so if you don't have any resistance, then that's not how you develop muscle. It's like you, you mm. develop muscle with resistance. Mm. Yeah. And, and as you say, if you see some lacking by comparison, you will say, okay, UK, they have these developed things here in the US. They do not have. You compare and you see a lacking. So you see a lacking, again, as you mentioned, it's not a problem. You see a lacking means a responsibility, a commitment mm. that you are invited to a, a service opportunity, basically. Opportunity, you know? a chance, yeah, no? yeah, for sure. It, it all depends, which is our own. There we are put to test. Now, when I see a lacking, what do I see? An actual lacking, a problem, a, a new reason to criticize that community, or I see a service opportunity that yes. community is inviting me to. Beautiful. Because it's the same situation, but it's all about, again, change your angle of vision. <laughs> change your angle of vision. Yep, uh, I love that. But yeah, I totally and, and and that invokes yeah creativity. Creativity is so mm. so important. I mean, without creativity, everyone is creative. Because I hear also sometimes they would saying some people is creative, some people is not. I would say no. Some people uses their creativity, some people does not. <laughs> mm. But everyone is creative. Not of course in the same way. Everyone, but all of us have creative potentiality. So we have to do that, and sometimes that takes the form of creating community, creating, yeah. not so much as I say, finding, but embodying it. No, Here, Dr. Teresa mentioned something interesting. She said community with, within ourselves also. We belong to our truth. So that's also a good point. No, like, yeah. Because sometimes we, will, we want the outer community to for us not to be so much at peace with ourselves. So to say, not, not to be in good community with ourselves, with our own ideals, with our truth. We want just a group to tell us what to do, what to think, how to fit in. Okay, community. <laughs> and at one point, the community will tell you, think for yourself, feel for yourself. What do you think? What creative? What would you like to offer? Yeah. And where we are with ourselves. No? So I think that's, that's a sense of, I feel, I feel that's like a sense of impersonalism if you want to just kind of go and, and just like lose yourself in the, like what you said, tell you what to think and tell you what all the, like you need to have your own individual, like we were talking in the beginning and ind individuals are a part of the community. Mm -hmm. Deep individual is what creates the, the community of, mm -hmm. of, 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 of deep individuals. I think it's yeah. important. Yeah, of course I in also, the beginning, yeah, sorry. No, in the beginning, that may not be necessary. In the beginning, we just need to be part of the flock and not think too much. And there is a, yeah. there's a place for that. For sure. But yeah, eventually... We, it's healthy that we are required as living participants, basically, no? because we belong to a very living tradition, Sampradaya, I mean, as I like to put in my book, Living School of Prophets. 
So we we are we will be eventually invited to to offer our to give to present our voice, our thoughts, our criteria. Of course, for that first, we need to be properly educated. Again, it, it's all about education in its in in one way, so we can eventually have our own independent voice in the context of dependence. No? So La Prabhupada, I think she's, he said that once. When you are dependent enough, then you can be independent. No? Mm. <laughs> but first you have to learn dependency, dependency of Krishna, who you are in connection to that, trust, openness, surrender, vulnerability, in a healthy way, with yeah. sadhus. And then you can be independent, no? you, and, and you won't be a public danger, so to Something I, something? Yeah. yeah, something I noticed about spiritual communities in my experience is that they're often centered around uh, a particular person, like a, mm -hmm. like a, either a guru or a leader. And I was wondering your thoughts about that, mm -hmm. uh, because we see in in ISKCON it was centered around Srila Prabhupada, and after Srila Prabhupada's disappearance. Um, it tried to be centered around certain individuals and that didn't work so well when the, when the people weren't kind of genuine in their principles and things like that. But now even in 2023, we see thriving communities are centered around a personality. And mm -hmm. so I know we don't, you don't talk about that so much in, in the chapter, but where does that fit in? I would say with radical, I mean, it does have to do with fraternity, radical fraternity, but like in spiritual communities, mm -hmm. where do the 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 leader, where does the leader stand, or where or or that just that dynamic? What do you think mm -hmm. about that? Yeah, because that because it because it has dangers, right? It has a, a, a it has dangers, and it also has its really great strong points because there's that mm -hmm. one there's that one focus. Mm. Yeah, I think what I, my opinion, of course, that I share here, I mentioned a few things in this connection in the chapter on Guru Tattwa, again, Guru and Disciple, issues and tissues yeah. between Guru and Disciple. That, uh, of course, as you mentioned, there is a little of danger if someone is like too centralized. Of course, one thing is if someone is too centralized, like a system that you enter to a place and you are forced to put that person above everyone else. Another thing is when that happens naturally and you just love the person, admire the person, nobody's telling you to do that, especially not that person. <laughs> right. Because sometimes we see that, no? Or sometimes we see people like, I don't know, uh, indirectly promoting themselves as pure devotees or nitisidas or or someone you have to fully surrender to. That can happen and that's that's strange, no? If the same person is creating that thing. But if it happens naturally, as I know it happened with the disciples of Prabhupada, for example, it's not that Prabhupada came like, here I am, it's all about me. He emphasized no, the Mahamantra, he emphasized the teaching, he emphasized the practice. <clears throat> but of course, his example commanded respect. No, he didn't demand the respect. No? So that's the difference between demanding and commanding, whether by the guru himself or sometimes by the followers, because sometimes the guru may not be saying anything, but the followers are sometimes misrepresenting the guru fanatically, like you have to surrender to this person, you have to put that person on. So, of course, this happens naturally. I mean, you cannot avoid having communities that have some leader uh, that is just the, 
the main inspiration for most, maybe not for everyone. I mean, if that happens organically, that's my thing. If that happens organically, it's okay. And even if that's okay, the, the leader has to be careful, of course, no? because yeah. uh, so many things to consider if we are a leader around which somehow the, the community is revolving. In one sense, the community shouldn't be revolving around the person because that becomes a personality cult. It should be revolving around the teachings that the person gives and the example that is aligned with those teachings, uh, not the person separate from those things. Now, like I mentioned in my book, we 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 don't in one sense we we worship the guru, but actually we fall we are to follow the guru and to worship the ideal that the guru embodies. In that sense, we worship the guru, mm. but we don't worship the guru separate from the ideal and the example that the guru gives. If you do that, that's idolatry. No? Right. So so I make those points in my book about the importance of. Uh, some, sometimes it's not so much the problem that there is a leader in the center, if you will, but it's how we we address that leader, we address that center. No, we are what, what we are worshiping. Are we worshiping the again the teaching, the integrity of character through which the teaching is con followed, or we are worshiping the the personality of the person, the charisma, sings nicely, whatever. No, has nice bear beard or something. Not my case. That's <laughs> <laughs> your case when you have the beard. That was your case. So my point is, sometimes we maybe we end up we may end up like just uh, being idolatrous, you no, know, worshiping what shouldn't be worshipped. So to say, we should be identify. Like I like Richard Rohr. Many times he when he talks about Jesus, many times he say Jesus never say worship me. Jesus always say follow me. Mm. But of course, in one sense, it's easier to worship than to follow. Of course, the actual worship should be the following, but it's easier to externally do any worship and kijai than to actually follow the example of the person, that to become that person, so to say. That's way more difficult. <laughs> but the, the guru or the leader, I, I will say, should teach those who come to him or to her. That's that's how you can actually, that's the, the healthy place from which you can be inspired. That's how to actually relate to a, to a leader. That's how, that's the actual, the bona fide reasons to be inspired from a leader or gurus has to do with the teaching and with the example, yeah. not from something apart from that. And, and teaching an example has to commit you to follow, to embrace that and to become that yourself. If not, you are just some form of entertainment or distraction or cheating. I love what do that. you think? I love that so much. The exact, you know, your the the reason we that that we worship the guru is through because of their ideal and a, and a, the example that they set, yeah. not 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 the personality, so to say, or like the external things, like I said, the way they sing, the way they look, or things, but more the example that they set and the teachings that they embody. That's so profound. I really. Yeah. Love that. Those, yeah, those are the, the attributes that the scriptures describe. When someone is a bona fide guru, it's not saying long beard, nice singing, charisma, but it's saying has knowledge to give proper education and has has a, an example to sustain that that knowledge which bears certain fruits in, in his her character. And and that's that will be the, the actual reason for me to be inspired with that person. 
Because if not, I can be inspired, but doesn't mean that's that's bona fide. Do you follow? Yeah. Sometimes we've I've I've heard the two things. Some people say, I'm not inspired with that person. Like like if it's the fault of the person who is not inspiring me, but probably the person is being correct and I want to cheat myself, so I'm not inspired. Mm. <laughs> because the person is honest, has integrity, authenticity, and I don't want any of those things. So I'm not inspired. <laughs> or the opposite. Mm. I'm so inspired by that person. And probably that person is just flattering me, lying to me, overinflating my ego. Oh, he inspires me so much. But that's not a very inspiring inspiration. <laughs> so wow. So we should watch out for that also. It's not just I feel inspired, I don't feel inspired, but why? No, where I am, where, where's, what's the reason? What's my intention again? What's my motivation behind being or not being inspired? So mm. I'm saying this because, again, there's responsibility not only in the, in the leader or guru, but also in the student or disciple. Definitely. Mm. Yeah, that calls, that calls for us to be that example as well. And it calls for us to follow properly and yeah. embody those teachings more than just trying to see it in the guru and trying to um you know make it make it more about worship inst and instead of actually embodying those uh those teachings and ideals i yeah. love that yeah i always remember when Srila Siddha Maharaj will define the guru is your own potential appearing in front of you yes <laughs> is that sri guru in his grace maybe i don't recall the exact quote but yeah. he said that so, so nice. Probably, probably there, yeah. Sri Guru is your own potential appearing in front of you. So it's very committing, this definition. Again, it's not just a guy who inspires me, like entertains me, but it's showing all that I can be hmm. and all that I can be appearing personified in front of me. So that's a commitment. That was, I, I, I cannot, I mean, I'm seeing that. I cannot just turn a blind eye. No, I don't want to see all that I can be. That, actually being invited to change, grow, and transform. So that that's the real ex experience with the with the leader. So yeah, I mean, we always hear, oh, bona fide guru, bona fide guru, but it's it's actually so much of how much of a disciple is someone going to be. We can have bona fide guru for sure, but yeah. how much are you how much are you gonna follow? How much are you going yeah. to do the actual work because the work's not going to be done for you. You actually have to put in that work. Yeah. Yeah, Bhakti Santa Sarvataku will say that. And, and, and I've heard sometimes about saying, well, my guru is such and such, and they are great personalities. And, and, and it's okay, I'm not downplaying the receiving of mantras, so to say, from such personality. But then the question is, what do you do with that? What do you do with that mantra, with that connection, with that example, yes. with that instruction? Because I'm not, not doing anything that how how much who your guru is is speaking about who you are it's yeah. not the same you may have the most exalted guru and you may be using that exaltedness for you to not be as exalted right <laughs> and that that's what i don't feel so comfortable people meet you and ask who's your guru yes uh, because because generally they will label you according to who your guru is like good bad instead of who you are because even if i say my guru is the topmost paramahansa on the planet and everyone agrees that that person is the topmost paramahansa still it doesn't speak about who i am because what i'm doing with that connection <laughs> that's that's a real question you no know? what i'm doing Prabhupada saying krishna consciousness is how to say like a razor blade or how razor's edge razor's edge yeah 
So you can do something very nice or you can do a disaster. So with something very sacred, very powerful. So so this, this is the same. Yeah. Wonderful. I mean, we kind of got off off topic more to the guru. Yeah. Anyhow. Guru era, but that's, I think it, yeah. it all ties in. Yeah. Yeah. We are talking about yeah, community life. So, so many yeah. things happen in community. Definitely. Something else. I think we are time for wrapping up now, Rasa. Yeah. Have a few things um, to do there. You have your own podcast later with someone recording, and here it's getting <laughs> darker and later. Yes, yes, mm -hmm. yes. But I don't know if you have any thoughts you may like to share as a conclusion um, or something you may like to share before we conclude. The the last line of that chapter I really like. I just want to read that. Okay. Uh, our experience of togetherness needs to remain deep, personal, substantial, and as sacred as it can be regardless of what shape it may take externally. And I think what we've been talking about this whole time is that the depth that's required for a spiritual community, whatever, however it looks like, accept it in that way. And, um, and beautiful things will happen, I think, uh, when we try to develop a community according to these you know, principles that you've set out here. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, and, you know, it might be scary at first because it might come in un, you know, unexpected ways, but mm -hmm. that's, yeah, I guess that's, that's Krishna's style. He comes in unexpected ways. Yeah. <laughs> cro he's crooked, right? He's standing crookedly. Mm -hmm. So it could, but yeah. yeah, I mean, final, final thoughts, I would say, Maraj, uh, I really appreciate this. Um, <clears throat> this chapter the of, of radical fraternity and i think unpacking it here today was really helpful for me because it's like it's not even it's not super long it's just very short but it's got a lot of things that you can kind of really unpack um but um i strive to to have that community and to not not to join one but as you say embody it and mm -hmm. build it myself and I mm -hmm. hope that everyone listening can feel the same way and and try to embody community, build community within their own personal locality, whoever it may be, with Swajatiya, um, like-minded devotees, have deep connections with each other. I think it's so important in person. Mm. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so be it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much, Navras, again. Always, it's a pleasure to meet with always you. A, always a pleasure, Marge. Yes, Hopefully, sure. we're soon visiting again over there, but in a few months still. still, I'm just coming here in India, so a few months in Bharat, and hopefully in a few months over there. Your your but, room is ready. Come yes, over. I know, I know. I have, <laughs> have Gore put the sign, remember that time? Yes. Maharaj's Maharaj room. room, yes. <laughs> I can claim it every time I want. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you for being a part a part of my own personal spiritual community. I really also wanted okay. to say that. Um, okay. Thank you for. Been, mm. Always been very um, supportive and mm. uh, in some you know in a lot of ways uh, a big brother to me. And um, I always I, I just really appreciate that. And not just not just an echo chamber either, or or but also challenging me a lot. And I and I appreciate that. <laughs> Okay, thank you so much, and I, I appreciate your invitation for me to be part of your life and as and your acknowledgement of me trying to to do that, 
not not only in a comfortable comfort zone way, but also in, in a way that I may be really authentic with you. And if I need yeah. to say something, I can tell. And you yourself also. I mean, just in case we are making that public, but it's not that Nanras always agrees with me at all. I, yeah, I <laughs> never disagree a lot sometimes. Yeah, but. yeah. And he's not shy in expressing that. So, yeah. And I appreciate that. And I appreciate that. I, I, I think it's very healthy that it's part of what we are talking about today. We can really have relationship where we can disagree and we still know we love each other. For sure. And it's not a disagreement. I mean, and I think that's a very important and healthy challenge that I love you despite we disagree. I mean, to dis learn to disagree to begin with is an art unto itself, <laughs> but to learn to disagree while loving the other person, that's another level that I think is very important that we, if we want to create community, embody community, that's a very crucial point because there will be disagreements. There will be differences. We are different people. Sure. And the challenge is, how do these differences new like nourish affection? So I, I feel blessed that in, in my relationship with now Rasa, among others, I I can taste that Rasa, so to say, <laughs> and he, hopefully he himself as well. And again, I'm also very grateful for him to somehow opening the doors for me to a, a bigger community. Since we are talking to community, I know that many. Is, I, I cannot tell you how many devotees tell me, Maharaj, I got to know from you first time from now Rasa. Now, for better or for worse. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to everyone. Oh, do you know Swami Padmanabh? Do you know Swami Padmanabh? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Many times, many times in India, also like Maharaj. Oh, where? Oh, I met you. I heard from you in Nam Ras's podcast. And like, okay, no. So I'm, I'm again for better or for worse in the sense that not everyone may be fully happy with what whatever I have said there. But on that first original podcast we have, of course, opened the door to a whole interesting unpacking of sequences and situations. But it's yeah. very interesting nonetheless. Uh, so, yeah, I really appreciate your boldness and trust in, okay, giving me the mic and inviting me to talk not only once, twice, but thrice <laughs> in the same year, despite so many things happening. So I that really speaks about whether we are wrong or correct about your authenticity in terms of whatever you feel as important for you. You, you are not hiding from that. So I really appreciate that. Whether, we, again, we may disagree with you or not, me, others, that's part of life that will continue to happen, but at least trying to be to honor our ideals and hopefully to yeah to be open to to feedback as I feel we can do. You want to say something, sir? Yeah, I just want to say one more thing that comes to mind is that um, in regards to not just in regards to you, Marge specifically, but also in just in general, if devotees, if you have a disagreement with somebody or you see something online that they might have said or did that you don't agree with don't immediately jump to and put that person in a compartment in your mind that they're bad or this or that, but actually try to meet them in person because I think you'll get a really different perspective from someone and and, and by meeting them in, in person and seeing them and talking to them because I think we can shy away from and make and become really impersonalists when it comes to that thing. And you in particular, Marge, I know a lot of people disagree with you, but if they know you in person and, and meet you in person, I think they'll have a really different uh, perspective. You never know. <laughs> I mean, if... if oh, yeah, I get your point. I get your point. I get your point. Yeah. yeah. I, I, actually, I was talking two days ago with someone who basically, yeah, expressed publicly lots of disagreements with me and, and, and we needed to meet in person and clarify. We already knew each other in person, but somehow we were distant physically for a few years 
and some things were said by me. He got them from some place, um, and we needed to be see each other in person to to clarify. And even if we disagree on some things, some other things were clarified, and we can move forward without this tension or or whatever. Sure. So, so yeah, I totally agree about the. It's not about me or talking with me, but with anyone like anyone. Yeah. At least to begin with, as you mentioned, if, if something we disagree with or something we heard, not immediately put the person in a box. If we cannot meet that person in in person immediately, at least we can contact the person personally <laughs> instead of just someone told me that that person did that, is that, or or even if we got some conclusion, but we have not talked to the person, at least address. Yeah, let's be radically personalist. Let's address each other personally. And yes, hopefully if the live presence experience is there, that's not, there's nothing that can compete with that. So we should look forward to to that experience as well. So... In yeah. this case, with Namrasa, we are a little far for that presence experience, so I'm sending my virtual hug to him, but somehow here we are. And I'm sharing his contact info again before we conclude one more time. If you want to contact him and learn more about his podcast, Namrasa podcast, Nama with A-A-D-N, Nama Rasa with A-A-D-N again, A-A-D-N again, Nama Rasa podcast in Instagram. Yep. So again, thank you so much, Namrasa. And this, as I mentioned, this will be my last episode for this year. Namrasa was chastising me the other day publicly because I only did 16 episodes. Namrasa, I started on June. Please be merciful. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I tried to keep one per week for the last three, four months. You've I'm done great, Maharaj. Thank no, you. No, no, I don't want to play the victim. You are my podcast, Acharya, so <laughs> sorry for any apparat. But the next week, Kartik is starting. And generally, not always, but generally, and this month I want to do it. I, I retire from social media completely. So I won't be doing posts, posts or podcasts or classes or checking messages. I want like some re intensive re retreat, so to say, from uh, from social media. And also we'll be starting in a few days in Govardhan, the Dandavat Parikram retreat with Jai Jagannath, Deva Madhavan, and whole host, host on Nice Devotees. So... So I won't be doing the podcast during karting and then we come have December, I will be going to Mayapur and I'm not so sure about the quality of connectivity. So I will take this as, okay, I will close here today uh, with the 16th uh, podcast with Namrasa, which again, you were very instrumental in me beginning this. So I felt interesting. Okay, let's conclude season one of the Pre-Radical podcast with one of the main people pushing for the podcast to happen. And yeah, hopefully next year continuing. Eventually, I will be sharing the information when we are starting and so on and so forth. So again, thank you Great. so much, Namrasa. Thank you so thank much you. to all the ones connected. And well, see you very soon. Thank you, everyone.